It's good to be in God's house. Isaiah 60. If God tells you to get up, would you get up? Well, he does in Isaiah 60. He says, arise. (laughs) Arise and do something. Shine. Listen, the world, when they look at the church, don't need to see a bunch of people sucking on persimmons. We need to be shining the presence of Jesus. I, for some reason, I just have this image of Jesus that when people looked at him, they just, wow. Look at Jesus. Look at Jesus. The writer of Hebrews says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of my faith and I hope your faith hallelujah I just have this image of Jesus that when he walked into a room everybody just looked at him hallelujah arise shine church of the living God not with religion but with the nature of Jesus to a lost and hurting world. Hallelujah. For thy light, we're not the light, he is the light. Thy light is come. The glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. God wants to rest some things on his people in this hour. 2022 is going to be a very prophetic season. Watch. And God wants to rest his glory and his anointing, his presence. And where he is, people will be drawn. I said it this way in the early service. I I said, Jesus is not going to draw the lost to a place where they can't find help where they can't find hope, where they can't find Jesus. He's going to draw. And that's what this is all about. He says, I'm going to rest my glory. And it's not our glory. Because there ain't nothing about us. The glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. God can put enough of his presence on a place and on a people who are sincerely pursuing him, the people are just drawn. They're just drawn. For behold, doesn't this define where we live? Behold, darkness shall cover the earth. Gross darkness will cover the people. But God's going to do something about it. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm about to get excited up here. The Lord shall arise upon thee. and His glory shall be seen upon thee. So God says in the midst of a people and a time frame when darkness is invading. How many can acknowledge darkness is invading our world? 
out of the pit of hell. Evil is just, I've never seen a time in it. My mom was 90 years old sitting down here, and you're 90 years. Have you ever seen a time like this, Mama? No. In 90 years, darkness is invading our world. But God says, I got an answer. I'm about to shine the light of Jesus on my people. His glory is going to get all over them. Hallelujah. They may get a little fanatical when they get the glory, but I, we, can, we can handle that. Amen. I'd rather you be a little fanatical than dead. I can handle fanatical because I can teach and help that. But I can't handle dead unless we're going to raise the dead. Amen. And we may have to do that. <laughs> dead churches need to come into the life of Christ. The brightness of the rise. And look at verse 4. Lift up thine eyes round about and see. All they that gather themselves together, they come to thee. Thy sons are coming home. How many have got distant family members, sons in particular? You need to put your son's name right there. Right, Thy sons are coming home. Prodigals are coming home. We're calling them in. We're prophesying. We're prophesying to the wind to blow. We're children of the wind. The wind can blow and bring some sons home, some daughters to nurse at mother's sides. By the Spirit of God, we're going to prophesy. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm going to stop reading right there. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is a very prophetic scripture, Isaiah 60. We know it deals with Jesus and certainly his coming with the glory of God all over him. The light, he came to be the light of the world. Jesus is the light. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the light. And life, my friends, it's all about Jesus. And that's what we want to make this next 25 days, about Christ, about who Jesus is, and how that applies to our families and and uh, if you've got sons and daughters, I want you to prophesy over these 25 days. They're coming home. They're coming home. Whatever darkness has gripped this nation, whatever darkness has gripped our families, our children are coming home. We're calling them in. They're coming home. You prophesy. Be a child of the wind that we were singing about. But Jesus came as the light of the world. Tonight, at dark 30, when the sun sets, sets, Hanukkah begins. And that is called the Festival of Lights. Isn't it interesting? Isn't it interesting that Hanukkah begins? It's an eight-day and eight-night celebration. Little history lesson, 165 B.C., so 165 years roughly before Jesus came. The promised land is being ruled by the Seleucid Empire. Antiochus Epiphanes has gone into the temple and desecrated it. 
He sacrificed a pig on the altar of God. He has desecrated the temple. Darkness had invaded the very place where God said, I put my name, I put my presence, where the Shekinah glory became visible. Darkness had invaded. I want us to know that, friends, darkness is invading churches across America. One of the latest studies says that biblical illiteracy is at the highest point percentage-wise in America that it's ever been. People do not know the Word of God. Why? Because pulpits are not preaching the Word of God. We've got to have, we've got to stick our nose in this book and study this book and pastors that are teaching the Word of God, preaching the Word of God, so that this biblical illiteracy can be dealt with. Those that know God's word will do mighty exploits. Those that know the word of God will know how to resist the devil and he will flee. We've got to know the word of God. And something happened in 165 B.C. There was a family, a Jewish family, and I can't remember. I need to research this. It's been years since I I actually uh, studied it, but... The gist of it, there was, I think, seven brothers, and their last name was Maccabee. One of the brothers, his name was Judah Maccabee, and he said, enough is enough. This desecration of the temple, somebody's got to do something. I, I just believe God's trying to awaken some Judas this morning that to stand up and say, we need revival in America. We need God back in this nation. Enough is enough. All this evil, all this junk that's going on, I I want you to know we better stay grounded in the Word of God. You better love Jesus enough that in hard times, difficult times, you know to stay in the Word of God and believe the Word of God. Hallelujah. And Judah did something. He began to assemble an army. Now, the Seleucid Empire was a, was a powerful empire and had, a, had a, an incredible army. And they were ruling over this whole area. But Judah Maccabee assembled some soldiers that believed they needed to cleanse the land of the evil and cleanse the temple. And so they began to fight. And they began to win. When you get God on your side. <laughs> Little is much when God is in it. I'm going to come over here and preach this side. This side saying amen. This side needs a little help over here. Hallelujah. And so Judah, God raised up some Judas in this church. Enough is enough. We got to have God back in America. We got to have God in our churches. We got to get rid of this filth and and all this evil that's going on. We got to preach the word of God. We need some pastors that'll preach the word like it ought to be preached. Amen. Hallelujah. Without fear or favor to man, but keeping us on the straight and narrow way through the promises, through the word of God. And so Judah began. And God with him anointed him and his army and they defeated the Seleucid Empire and deposed them. So much so that they began to set up their own 
uh, leadership mechanism that they put in place. And they realize what has been desecrated needs to be cleansed. Every Saturday night, we have our prayer meeting. We go through and we anoint this sanctuary. And uh, that's what they begin to do. They begin to cleanse it of all the things that have been brought in and all the evil that had been done. That Levites actually would anoint the temple with oil. And, and so our prayer Levites who meet on Saturday night, we walk through here. And if you're feeling a little burning under you, a little, little heat, right? Because your seat was anointed with oil. Amen. We pray the Holy Ghost to get on people while they're in here. Amen. And if there's sin going on, it needs to be convicted. Because sin needs to be put under the blood of Jesus. All you got to do is put it under the blood, confess it to Jesus, and he'll forgive it and remove it as far as the east is from the west. Hallelujah. Well, Judah began to lead the cleansing of the temple. And they found the menorah. And they set the menorah up, but there was no oil for the menorah. There was only a certain kind of oil that could be used. And watch this. They found enough oil for one of the lamps for one day. And so they, they as best they could, spread that out. And all of a sudden, the oil multiplied. And it lasted eight days of celebration. They all, and they call it a miracle of Hanukkah. That there was the miracle of the spreading and the oil not going out. I want you to know that this may be a prophetic time right now that if you'll press into the Holy Spirit, I'm telling you, if we'll press in and want more of the Holy Spirit right now, there might be some, uh, some oil that just supernaturally begins to multiply. There might be some miracles associated with that oil because I know that some of the gifts of the Spirit are gifts of healing and working of miracles. Hallelujah. That's oil, friends. That's oil. Hallelujah. And so tonight at dark 30, Hanukkah begins. For New Testament believers, you may want to acknowledge that very important feast because we need more of the oil. We need the miracles of the oil. We need the houses of God in America. 430-something thousand churches in America. And every one of them needs the oil. Every one of them needs the fullness of the Spirit, the move of the Spirit. We don't need religion in America. We need, we need a fresh outpouring of Jesus being Lord. And then the Holy Spirit, the blessed comforter that was sent from on high. Amen. Hallelujah. Look at verse 4. Lift up your eyes and see those that gather together. They come to thee. Thy sons shall come from afar. Thy daughters shall be nursed at thy side. Then shalt thou see and flow together. And thine heart shall fear and be enlarged. Because the abundance of the sea, God's going to even cause abundance to come from the sea, shall be converted unto thee. The forces of the Gentiles shall come unto thee. The multitudes of camels in a modern setting, that's cars. God can cause people, and listen, I've been astounded at where people are coming from. I wrote that recently and wrote it a few months ago. People are being drawn from many different places in life. You know, pastor teaches, uh, 
I believe a church should be multi-generational if it's going to look like heaven. And it needs to be multi-background as far as where people are from in, the, in life and ethnicity. I believe we've got to reflect heaven. Now, I'm going to ask for everybody to say amen. Don't be satisfied with anything that doesn't look like heaven there. But there's going to be camels that are going to cover thee. And, uh, and you know, I, I looked last Sunday. We were trying to leave the parking lot. How many cars were lined up trying to get to Lane Avenue? And by the way, there is another easier way if you go the opposite way. <laughs> there are several ways out of here without going to Lane Avenue. And on the Sundays where we have really large crowds, there's other ways to to get out and not be tied up for quite a while at Lane and Ramona. That was just a helpful hint from Pastor. <laughs> Amen. The multitude of camels shall cover thee, the dromedary, dromedaries of Midian and Ephah. All they from Sheba shall come, and they shall bring their gold and incense. And they shall show forth the praises of the Lord. Look at verse 7. All the flocks of Kedar shall be gathered together unto thee. The rams of Neboeth, these were all the surrounding areas, shall minister unto thee. They shall come up with acceptance on mine altar. God was going to accept them as sacrifices. There you go. Sacrifices being made. People bringing these things from wherever they were coming from. And he said, I will glorify the house of my glory. First and foremost, this is talking about the temple and the synagogues throughout all of Israel. But that has a modern application. That God's wanting to rest his glory where people are hungry around the world. Where people have established meeting places. God says, I'm going to meet with you there and I'm going to establish that as a house of my glory, a house of my presence. I, I want God's presence here. I want people when they drive by to feel the presence of the Lord and turn in here. Last Saturday night, a week ago last night, we were in here in prayer and a guy got off the interstate, pulled in here. He said, I don't know why I'm here. And uh, he came in the door and uh, one of the men uh, started talking to him. I saw him standing out in the lobby and I sent Marty out, started talking to him. And uh, he said, I I've just come in here. Well, we ended up leading the man to the Lord, gave his life to Christ. Uh, I know why he was here. The Holy Ghost had drawn him here. <coughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All the flocks of Kedar shall be gathered together unto thee. The rams of Neboeth shall minister unto thee. They shall come up with acceptance on thine, mine altar, and I will glorify the house of my glory. Look down now at the next chapter because this is a very important chapter, these first verses. If Jesus stood up and proclaimed a scripture, it had to be a pretty important scripture, especially the scripture to kick off his ministry. The very scripture that he used to begin his ministry is Isaiah 61.1. The Spirit of the Lord... God is upon me because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings. Now, he, he tells all the things that are preached in just a moment, but I want you to know that is a prophetic scripture about Jesus, for, first and foremost. Jesus got up, he quoted that in the synagogue, 
for he was in attendance, and the Bible says, as was his habit. Our habits ought to be regular enough that we're identified as regular. It says, as was Jesus' habit. He was in the synagogue on the Sabbath day. New Testament Gentiles who eat pork. New Testament Gentiles are in the house of the Lord. John, in the book of Revelation, called Sunday the Lord's Day. The Christians in the first century celebrated on Sunday because it was the day of his resurrection. So as was our habit, we're here worshiping. We're here celebrating. But then it says the Spirit of the Lord God. He stood up and he said, he began to read from Isaiah 61. Not any, any I mean, all the Torah scrolls were there. And Jesus read from Isaiah 61.1. This was not just by accident or happenstance. I believe he was showing us something that can take place because he said, when I go away, I'm going to send you another comforter. Hallelujah. 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 The proof that we know he made it to the right hand of God and is ever interceding, number one, Stephen saw him there. Hmm. Hallelujah. But number two, he sent back the blessed Holy Ghost, the comforter. We don't need less of what we were singing about. We need to be people of the wind. We need the Holy Spirit. We've got to have the Holy Spirit. You can't have the fruit and you can't have the gifts without he who gives it. I don't know about all that Holy Spirit stuff. I do. I've grown up in it. I want more. Amen. It didn't make me less thirsty. It made me thirstier. I want to quench thirster. Amen. Quench my thirst, not with Gatorade, but with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You can sit there and be all smug if you want on a Sunday morning. You can have all your hair done up uh, two or three stacks high. You can have all your Sunday meeting clothes go uh, on and, and just look all fitting, whatever. I want you to know what you need is the Holy Ghost to get up in that bun. You need the fire of the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. 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 Welcome, Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Joel prophesies in the Old Testament he sees a difficult time coming for Israel. Now, this, this is backing up about, from 165, it's backing up about five centuries. And Joel gets up and he prophesies, there's coming a day that God's going to pour out his spirit upon all flesh. Sons and daughters are going to prophesy. Young men are going to see vision. Old men are going to dream dreams. So Jesus comes, he lives, he dies, he's buried, he's raised and he ascends to heaven. He sends back the Holy Spirit. Peter gets a dose of, the, of, of what the Holy Spirit does in a life. And he stands up on the day of Pentecost. And he says, this is that. 
if this is that, you ought to want more of this. I want the worship team to come back. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, lift your hands. Let's welcome the Holy Spirit. Everybody stand. All over this sanctuary, watching at home, you need to stand for this. Hallelujah. 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 And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one accord. You know why the devil creates division? He doesn't want us in one accord. You need to be the unity police. I'm going to self-appoint every one of you. Don't you put your hand right here on your chest. I now appoint you as the unity police that if you hear anybody stirring up anything, you. My wife would have a signal to the kids when they were growing up if we were in a setting where she couldn't say anything. She's done that to me before. <laughs> this week. <laughs> you know what the Bible says? Open your mouth wide and I'll feel it. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, let's let's lift our hands and just welcome the Holy Spirit. Come on. 